the OC where I am doing the intro I'm not actually doing it. I don't I don't know what, you're, what you were going to say you do it do you have something you were going to say no I have nothing clever I'm not clever where sex work is work and anybody who says otherwise can shut the fuck up yeah I'm Sarah Sarah <laughs> and this is Ev Ev <laughs> In the preferred nomenclature of this series <laughs> that we are watching. We're on one mic today because I forgot to bring the other mic home from work. Sorry. We sound great. It's fine. This is a podcast where we are almost done with recapping the first season <laughs> of seminal aughts television program, The O.C. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Today we are discussing episode 26, 26, entitled The Vegas. The Vegas. Evan. What's up? What's up? What's up with you? What you got? Um. A lot of dead air is what you got. I, I don't know. How are you doing? Um warm yep it's a thousand degrees uh-huh in milwaukee wisconsin it is not 1000 degrees but our heat tolerance seems to have diminished it hot it hot it hot we also hot true like physically yep one of us is recording this episode basically in our underwear <laughs> and we're gonna leave it to your imagination who that is Sound off in the tumbler. Yeah. <laughs> this will never happen, and that's fine. This will never happen, and that's fine. Okay, if you don't have any news... I don't think I have any news. No. Do you? I mean, only news that's depressing. You know... Yep. The Supreme Court... Continues to suck. Uh-huh. They're probably going to come for no-fault divorce next, which is going to be real exciting for the white feminists. Yay. Yay. But we are a lighthearted and fun podcast. <laughs> We're so much fun. Mm -mm 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 -mm. And we don't need to get into all of that. So let's get into the Vegas. The Vegas. We open on a tactic that they've never done before. It's fully dark. And Seth is whispering to Ryan who is sleeping on a air mattress? Something like that. Or something like that. He's on the ground in Seth's bedroom. If you will recall, astute listener, Teresa has taken over the pool house as of last episode. And because we do not know the exact uh, parameters of the space which this family occupies, apparently there's no guest bedroom. Which, again, seems poor. Yeah, again, I have a hard time believing that. But... They're trying to convince us that there isn't, so that the boys can share a bedroom. That's fine. 
There was only one bed. <laughs> they do not take advantage of that. No, not this time. Only in our fanfic. What would be the, like, Brangelina couple name for the people on uh, uh, an archive of our own that that shipped Ryan and Seth? Sryan? 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 I don't know. Ryeth? Ryeth is pretty good. Ryeth? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Do you ship Ryan and Seth? I do. Really? I do. Well, no. As more than just brothers? No. As I, lovers? I ship them really hard as brothers. Okay. I ship healthy male friendships whenever they are demonstrated in the world of 2000s era media. For sure. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. So, as per usual, Seth is awake in the middle of the night and wants to litigate whether he's broken up with Summer or not. <laughs> so he wakes Ryan from a dead sleep by doing the thing, hey, hey, are you awake? Hey, are you awake? Hey, are you awake? Which I did the last time when I was maybe seven <laughs> with my sister. Aww. So, um, and Ryan's finally like, yeah, Jesus, I'm awake because... <laughs> You're poking me in the eye. <laughs> um, ooh, the source material that I am reading is speculating that perhaps Haley is staying in the spare bedroom oh. because she was rescued from Stripper Town in the That's last episode. That's right. They got a full house. But they don't make that explicitly clear. And also, she knocks on the door to enter later hmm. in the episode so maybe that's not true um so ryan is trying to go back to sleep and i think seth is also planting ideas in ryan's head about how long Teresa is gonna stay they need to go talk to her right now it is very unclear what time of night this is we think that it's like the wee hours of the morning because uh, Ryan woke up from a dead sleep. But when we get over to the pool house, which is the next immediate scene, because they both decide, yes, now is the time to go speak to her. Maybe Ryan enjoys a sensible 12 hours of sleep a night. Maybe he <laughs> went to bed at like 9.30. Anyway, yeah, when they go to Teresa, she is already in her little uniform to go to the bakery. Uh-huh. But people that work at bakeries do have to go there pretty early in the morning, don't mm -hmm. they? But it sounded like she was just come. I think she said she was just coming home from a shift. I thought she said that she, had she was just going to leave. Oh, maybe you're right. But the point of this scene is she announces that she is working towards getting enough money to go to Atlanta to stay with her cousin, which is why she is fully transitioned from being a cater waiter to working at the bakery, like, full-time, I guess. <sighs> oh, for Pete's sake. What? <laughs> You're not wrong. Yeah. And then they notice a bag, a brown paper bag of groceries 
and like paper towels, um, toilet paper, yeah. stuff like that. And I think Seth says to her, "If you need anything, just let us know." Yeah, and we she's like, "No, I can buy my own stuff or whatever." Uh huh. So the boys leave, and we're, the camera is still on Teresa, who goes to the bag very slowly and deliberately and pulls out what does she pull out of him she pulls out a pregnancy test dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. the plot thickens the and plot you called this like two episodes ago did i yeah you absolutely did. Really? Yes. Well, I guess I'm smart. You sometimes. were like, what if she's pregnant because she's making such a big deal out of wanting to reconcile with guy from six feet under? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The only you were like, the only reason that people do that is if there's another life involved. And I was like, I can neither confirm nor deny. Now I can confirm. Now you can confirm. She's knocked up. Er, er, er. That's deeply inappropriate. <laughs> So I was saying the plot thickens. Yep. The thick, thick plotins. The, the, what is the consistency of this plot now? It's been thickening for 26 episodes now. Uh-huh. It just gets thicker and thicker. So the primary conflict triangles slash hep takers slash whatever. Hep C? Is that what? Hectare? Hectare? No, that's like a measurement of <laughs> Hecator? <laughs> what are we talking about here? <laughs> Hector Eliza. The, no. Um, the centers of conflict are as follows. Yep. Julie versus Marissa. That's kind of like simmering in the background. That's not really addressed in this. Mm-hmm. Caleb versus Marissa. Mm-hmm. Um, and oh, these are on the previously on. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, as is erupts. More so in this episode, Julie versus Haley. Mm-hmm. And really, I think it's like the shirts that say Midwest versus everybody. It's kind of Caleb versus everybody. Yes. I think, yes. In oh, yes. various degrees. Yep. But specifically, Caleb versus Jimmy and Sandy in this episode. Yes. Yes. Um, how do they allude to that? In the previously on. I don't remember. It doesn't matter. But yes, absolutely. The Most of the conflict is very Caleb-centered. Yes. Oh, they show the scene where they mention that Caleb paid Jimmy and Sandy a bunch of money for the lighthouse, but it was still not what it's actually going to be worth. Dun-dun-dun. Something like that, yeah. Yes. So, pregnancy test. Then we go immediately to the credits after that. What happens when we come back from credits? When we come back from credits, this is where you and I were just talking over the dialogue because none of this made fucking sense. (laughs) It's breakfast time in the Cohen breakfast nook. Right, Caleb is there for some reason. Caleb is there, and Julie is like, we have to pick a venue because we're getting married in a week. Yes, question. Evan. Why are they picking a venue at breakfast in the Cohen's house? And then additionally, you were like, hold the fuck on for a second here. Let's do some math. In the previous Leon, they were going to get married in two weeks. 
That was episodes ago. Uh, at one point in this scene, it is mentioned explicitly that they have an week, one single week, seven days until the wedding, and they have not picked a venue yet. Maybe things were different in the 2003s, but when you and I got married... 2014. How long How long in advance did we have to have the venue decided? Months. Months. We had to have... Because here's the thing. When you have a venue that is... If you have a venue that can hold 20 chairs and four tables, mm-hmm. people will rent that shit out for a fucking wedding. Yep. It does not fucking matter. Yep. It could be it could be in a goddamn actual sewer. And people would be like, oh my god, it's so rusted. If you strung up some fairy lights, you could charge double. Yeah, exactly. Right? Like, couples are so fucking I, I don't know if desperate is the word I'm looking for, but like, maybe desperate is the word I'm looking for. Couples want a place that is unique, that not everyone is getting married at. That will house their needs for guests. Uh-huh. Uh, and, you know, one of our stipulations was obviously that it was within our budget, which was quite modest. Um, but after having watched however many seasons of Say Yes to the Dress, that apparently isn't a consideration for many people. Mm-hmm. Budget. Uh, Panina Tournay makes some of the ugliest dresses in the world. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. <laughs> and they cost $25,000. But that, again, is neither... Here nor there. So a generous reading of this um, one week, I'm going to have the um, Bare Naked Ladies song in my head the whole time we're discussing this. (laughs) By the way, it's one week till we get married. Nope. We should have chosen a venue like months ago. (laughs) So the generous interpretation of this is they have... Enough money to buy God. Mm-hmm. Therefore, they can kick out whoever they want from a wedding venue. But like, but I think what they're doing is just inventing an excuse mm-hmm. for Julie's character to be pushy and flighty around Caleb and not really thinking about the, uh, I can't think of the word, the substance uh-huh. of the dialogue. The excuse that they give for this little breakfast happening is for them to all work on the wedding, mm-hmm. right? Because Caleb's like, I have to go. Which, again, makes no fucking sense. It makes no goddamn sense. Because you have people for that. Yeah. You have people for that. Yeah, again, you're rich as all fuck. So anyway, that's the excuse that they give. Caleb excuses himself because he's like, I've got to go. Um, he tries to excuse himself. Um, and they're like, where are you going? What are you doing? The whole point of all of this was all of us were supposed to work on this. And he's like, I have a meeting. I have business. In Las Vegas. And I love that no one knows. So this is how it goes. And I have to do this because it's wonderful. Yes. So he's like, business. So everyone that's in this place is all up in his business, right? Mm-hmm. Like Kirsten works with him. Um, what's her name? Lives with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Julie, Julie, right? So... This is great. He excuse, First, he excuses himself because, uh, yeah, right? They're like, come on, Caleb, like, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, and Kirsten is like, every time we try to do something, you always say you have plans with Julie. And Julie's like, oh, really? Because every time I say I want to do something, he says he's working with you. So which is it, KK? And he's like, rah, 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 rah. 
Oh, about business, right? And then um, Kirsten's like, um, what business is that? I know your whole schedule. You have nothing on the schedule. Where the fuck do you think you're going? Uh, Nevada. Uh, and then uh, what? So is it is it is it Jimmy? No, no, it's Sandy. <laughs> Jimmy's not there. Sandy's like, oh, you're going to go to well, Nevada? What could possibly be in Nevada? Oh, I think I know what's in Nevada. The city of Las Vegas is in Nevada. I do also think that... Uh Sandy is the first person to call him KK mm-hmm. in this mm-hmm. scene, which mm-hmm. is great. Um, Just to give you a little preview of one of our feelings about Sandy in this episode, his dick is in the blueberry muffin again. Oh, yeah. It is so in there. Oh, God. It is the blueberry muffin it's at this point. Glorious. Like, it's just pure blueberry muffin dick. Do you not have a stimming rubber band? So he's like, oh, shit. Yeah, no, I don't. Do you want? I'll go get one. You keep talking. No, 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 no. You yeah, do it. Right. You don't know, know what the right one to get. Oh, for pity's <laughs> sake. <laughs> so they all infer that the reason that he's going to the uh, the Vegas, the Nevada, is for a secret bachelor party, which it does not make any sense on any level because he has no friends. That we have seen. <laughs> well, he says, I'm uh, I'm meeting some, what does he say? Business partners. Yeah. I'm meeting business partners for business. And they're like, or. Or is the business, and this is the first time they say strippers. Yep. Because. Strippers and blow. Strippers and blow. They don't say blow. You can't say blow on Fox. No. 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 I don't think you can. Um. Sandy's like. Uh, even though I'm no fan of yours, KK, and you know that, uh, I'm a little upset that I wasn't invited. And Seth is also like, me too, I'm here too. <laughs> I'm Seth. It's great. It's a, it's a, it's a, no, it's a team up for the ages. Yeah, everyone is just, yeah, it's, they're all tag teaming Caleb. Yep, everyone's like, hey, why don't we go with you? Let's all go do some strip poker together and... Wear neckties sexually and take them off in the strip poker. I don't know. Does Sandy know at this point that he's going to do reconnaissance? Or does he just want to go because it would be a free trip to Las Vegas? I think that given the tenor of the previously on, he knows that there is something fucked up about something what's is happening. Because of all of the aforementioned reasons. Mm-hmm. He lies to one lady and tells her one thing and lies to another lady and tells her a different thing. Mm-hmm. Etc. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. But yeah, one, it, it, he, it, whether or not his intention is initially to just go uh, and have fun or if it's to keep an eye on Caleb later in the episode, he does snoop. He is snooping. But he does mention, I love the Vegas. I love the Vegas. Which doesn't really seem in character with what we know about Sandy. Right. If Sandry Anthony Cohen is a person who loves surfing and uh, lawyering for disaffected teens, mm-hmm. Vegas doesn't seem like it fits in there. Right. If he didn't like the artifice of Newport Beach. Uh-huh. <laughs> Yeah, I guess if I were going to put myself in his characters and you go into the writing room, he'd be like, ah, the artifice of Vegas is different. It's in your face. It's an honest kind of artifice. You don't think they're going to do one thing and then they do something else. You should always know that they've got a knife to your back and a gun to your head. But 
But it's funny that you should phrase that in that exact way because two characters who are not Sandy get fucked in that exact scenario. <laughs> yep, exactly. Yeah. Um, later in the episode. They sure do. So that is an incorrect observation about the Las Vegas, whatever county, Nevada. What do you mean? I think, I don't know, I think that would be one of the reasons that he would be okay with it. Oh, no, because Sandy is an adult and he would know that there is weird backstabbing and under-the-table shit going on all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But because Vegas doesn't lie about that. That's what I was saying, right? Here in Newport Beach, people talk behind your back and then they'll be nice to your face. In Vegas, you know you're going to get your purse cut, you know? That I, kind of thing. I guess. Anyway. I guess. Anyway. But this is making a lot of excuses for what is just lazy writing. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. We're doing a lot of the work for them here. So okay. they all pile on, on Caleb and they're like, we're going to go. We're all going to go. It's going to be great. And everyone, not everyone, somebody says, but what about Teresa? As if she is not a person who can <laughs> be left alone for... More than two seconds. What is this? The episode where they were trying to round the clock Marissa so she didn't kill herself? Right. Nothing like that. No. Um, I think at this point, Kirsten says she will stay with Teresa for the weekend. And she's like, go to the Vegas, boys, young men. Do the strippers. Do the strippers. (laughs) Do the prostitutes, which is how they refer to them. Yep. Multiple times throughout the episode is how they refer to them. Several many of times to the point where we pointed it out and felt uncomfortable. Uh, what I, I, I believe the word whore gets tossed around liberally a few times. Oh, God, so many times. <laughs> In rapid succession. <laughs> followed by skank. Yes, but, but we'll, we'll get, get there. We'll get to that. <laughs> okay, so now Sandy goes over to uh, Jimmy's sad bachelor pad of sad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And Jimmy is waiting for a realtor, I think is how he pronounces it. I'm waiting for realtor. (laughs) Realtor sounds like a robot. Like Skeletor's cousin, (laughs) who is not quite as menacing. I'm here to show you the property. (laughs) It's got two and a half baths. So he has plans to buy a sweet beach house, like, on the beach for him and Marissa to live in. And what he is not aware of is Melissa, Marissa, (laughs) Melissa, Jesus. Is being blackmailed. Is being uh, blackmailed. To live with Caleb and Julie. Um, I love when Sandy, so, okay. Also, again, so, he's getting this giant house. He still has no job. How is he going to pay the mortgage mm. on said house? Is he just going to buy it outright? Is it, but you still have property taxes. You still have property taxes, Which yeah. are out the ass, I'm guessing, on the beach. The crabs do not play <laughs> about their money. I love in this scene. So Jimmy is showing off this really obscene house uh-huh. to Sandy. And... <laughs> Sandy looks at it and he goes, oh my God, Jimmy, in exactly that voice. And I'm assuming the next thing he would say would be something like, that's nauseatingly huge. What the fuck are you thinking? You don't have a job. You have no way of paying for that. 
the property taxes are going to be out the ass. The crabs don't play, is what I was assuming he was going to go. But the completion of that line is, Marissa's going to love it. Yeah. And I'm like, what the fuck, dude? You're ostensibly this man's friend. No one supports Jimmy here. <laughs> Marissa will love it until she's thrown out on the street again because you can't afford this fucking house. Sad to see. Like, it's got, this house has to cost at least $500,000. Yep. $750,000. This is a very, very expensive house. Yep. Anyway. Maybe it's just the thing where everyone's like, ha ha, that's Jimmy's character trait. He's bad at the money. <laughs> um, it is at this point that Sandy invites uh, Jimmy to the bachelor party that let's really delve into this for a second if i truly loved the vegas i would not take my teenage slash 27 year old children until they were of gambling age Mm -hmm. because that's how you do in the vegas well, I went to my sister's wedding in Vegas when I was 20. Yeah. So I couldn't gamble in, thank God. But you never went to, you didn't go for like a debauched purposes and everyone assumes that debauchery happens during bachelor and bachelorette parties. Mm-hmm. We had a joint karaoke party at Hamburger Mary's and it was delightful. It was pretty good. Yes. It was pretty damn good. Because gender the parties for pre-getting married are stupid. It's true. Yep. True. Yep. What was I going to fucking do? What were you going to do? Go to a gentleman's club? I mean, you could have. I mean, I used to with some of my friends. I also who were used ladies. to. And when I had really short hair, I got more attention. That makes sense. Probably also because of other assets. Physical attributes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we digress. This is not that podcast. So if you were a parent, you would not bring your teenage son not and if his I, friend. Not if I enjoyed the debauchery and the upfronted backstabbery of Vegas, you know? Now, okay, this is what I'm thinking. I'm thinking that Sandy very purposefully has invited everyone along to ruin Caleb's time. Until he realizes that he needs to actually do some sleuthing. Fair. Otherwise, it could also be like, you know, the cool dad who's like, you can drink in the basement as long (laughs) as I'm here. Like introducing it to his son on a very probationary basis. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. But but we're thinking too much about this stupid show. (laughs) Again, the writers are far lazier. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, the glee with which Sandy was like, oh, we should all go. Yeah. I read that as very intentionally, let's kill Caleb's boner because he was trying to keep this a secret. Yeah. Why was he trying to keep this a secret for whatever purpose? Yeah. We're going to boner kill him. We're going to cock block him. Yeah. So then as we're on this topic. That makes sense because Caleb is no fan of Jimmy's. Correct. Um, But also I do want to emphasize a piece of dialogue in this scene. Jimmy says he's so excited about coming to this bachelor party that he will buy Caleb's first lap dance. Yep. And I think we both paused and were grossed out for like a full 30 seconds. (laughs) That might be an exaggeration. It might not be. So Jimmy goes to pack? Sure. 
Well, he leaves the yep. room. Uh, no, no, no. Because no. there's the knock on the door, and this is the realtor. Yeah. Sorry, the realtor. Realtor. Um, he just goes up to open the door for the realtor because she... Um, no, Sandy opens the door for the realtor. Jimmy is not there when he does it. Because Sandy has the conversation with the realtor. She's like, oh my gosh, I know all about your, your restaurant. You must have made a lot of money. And what's the name she says? Campbell Robert Campbell. Yeah. That Robert Campbell, he's gonna... Turn it into an outdoor mall. He's gonna turn it into an outdoor mall. This is a fascinating anthropological aside because I didn't know that we were interested in indoor malls as far back... Or outdoor malls as far back as 2003. Well, I'll tell you, an outdoor mall would make more sense in a place that's always 72 degrees and sunny. As opposed to a place like Milwaukee, Wisconsin which six months out of the year is covered in snow and minus 10 degrees. Less snow, more ice now. Climate change. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, but anyway, she drops that little hint, and Sandy's like, uh, that's very strange because he's, we sold it to Caleb Nickel and not John Campbell or Jim, Robert. Jimmy Robert Campbell. Jimmy She's like, Robert oh, Campbell. well, I guess it's Caleb Nickel then. <laughs> <laughs> And then we never see her again. Is this the first of many soap opera zooms? Yes. 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 <laughs> so do you want to explain to, to the viewers what we say when we say soap opera zoom? So this, uh, the, the listener, the reader is probably familiar with a soap opera zoom if they have consumed this fine television program <laughs> and or really anything that was on television that was an hour long in the early 2000s. Your Melrose Places, your... Parties nine, of Five? Your Parties of Five, your Nines of Two One Oh. Your Nines of Oh Two One Um, It's when the actor had... The, the actor character has a moment of realization and they give a look to camera and then the camera zooms in on them. Well, they don't look directly at the in. camera. They, Sometimes they, they look at the camera. Yeah, it's not really breaking the fourth wall. They do like a like a look into the middle distance, yes. I would say. Yes, that's a better description. Of realization, yeah. And then the camera pushes in on them. Yes. Perfect. Yes. They're, this is the first of this happening many times They're in this episode. Approximately 86. <laughs> um, now we're at school, and... Marissa and Ryan are walking down the hall because no one is ever seen in a class again. <laughs> and she says how, or they talk about how Marissa still hasn't told Jimmy that she can't move in with him. And again, my source material is alleging that it's extortion, not blackmail. Oh, okay. Yes. What's the difference? I don't fucking know. Oh, okay. Here. We're going to do an Evan Google something. What is the difference between extortion and blackmail? According to Scrofano Law, extortion is a crime that involves the use of coercion to obtain property, money, or services from a victim. Coercion, in this case, usually involves force, violence, threats to destroy property, and improper government action. On the other hand, blackmail doesn't involve force or threat of violence. I don't like that explanation at all. So I guess it makes sense that it's extortion because Caleb is threatening to... It was so significant that we both remember it. 
Well, it, he's leveraging something over Jimmy's head. Yeah. Because Marissa is is doing this to help Jimmy. Yes. What was it? I think I'm just... Oh, it was... He could or couldn't... Caleb would or would not buy the restaurant. Yes. So if she didn't agree to move in, he wouldn't buy the... Re- so now the thing is, he's lost his entire bargaining chip. Uh-huh. He's purchased the restaurant. Uh-huh. K- Jimmy has the money. Uh-huh. So Jimmy is now actually set. So that's it. Mm-hmm. Like, the deal is good. They have the cash. So Caleb's kind of a schmuck. Because now he has nothing to leverage in this extortion. So Marissa is well within her rights and power just be like, oh, oops, fuck you. Nope. <laughs> yeah. My dad's buying me this obscenely expensive house he won't be able to afford. Anyway, anyway. Anyway. Um, so it's established that Marissa has not told Jimmy and... Uh, Ryan also drops that they're going to Vegas and Marissa does not take that very well. I think, does she say whores in this? She says strippers at least. Yeah. Maybe she, I think she also says prostitutes. Yeah. Um, I think also in this scene, she's like, I'm still your girlfriend, right? <laughs> and Ryan doesn't answer. Mm-hmm. And they... That's the soap opera Zoom as well. Is it? Yes. Because eventually he does say, and you are... Yes, you are my girlfriend. Yes. And but, they smorge. Yes, but not here. Okay. So there's a soap opera Zoom of close-upping on Marissa's eye makeup. <laughs> which is... I will hand it to this episode. None of the outfits or makeups were so egregious that I noticed them. Maybe we're just numb at this point. We've been totally numbed to it. Yes. But the larger point of this scene is that she says, I'm supposed to be your girlfriend, right? So a friend of yours is a friend of mine. So So then she offers to take custody of Teresa for the duration of the Vegas trip. And he, he says, he doesn't even respond to that. He smooches her and he says, and yes, you are my girlfriend. That does happen here. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Correct. So now we're over at Kirsten's office because apparently sometimes someone works <laughs> in this family. Um, and Julie is nagging kirsten for a bachelorette party with totally naked strippers yes she does not want chippendales she wants it very well known she does not want chippendales she wants full frontal nudity full frontal nc-17 cocks (laughs) and butts (laughs) attached to the cocks yep um yeah no (laughs) um also she says if uh, Kirsten doesn't agree to be in charge of are nude strippers something that you can look up in the yellow pages? Because we the point is we don't know why this uh, activity has been given to Kirsten to plan. She is deeply uncomfortable with the idea. She clearly doesn't know how to get anything. But Julie threatens... To take everybody to some place. The petting zoo. But before that, there was a, a club she mentions in Los Angeles. 
where there's and then after the petting zoo. Oh, okay. Yes, and I don't remember the name of it, but the point is it's called the petting zoo and it's implied that you can pet. <laughs> and I don't think it's chinchillas. Julie says something like, it might be legal. <laughs> Kirsten's like, oh, Jesus. And she's like, God, fine. And she turns to the only resource that she feels she has, former stripper Haley. So I have made some assumptions based on this conversation about some of these characters. Okay. And I want to ask you for clarification. Ready? Ready. So Julie is like, I want strippers, strippers, strippers. I want, right, full-on cock, cock and balls, right, in my face, blah, 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 right? Mm -hmm. And Kirsten's like, no, we could have, like, uh, well, she convinces Julie to have it there at the house. Yes. She says we could have, she's like, we're... We're, we're upper class ladies. Yeah. We could have, I could throw you a lovely cocktail party, right? Like the last lovely seven cocktail parties that they have had at their house. And they just said at the end of the last episode that they're never hosting a party at their house again. Well. Whenceforth, Kirsten. The memory of this show is very, very, <laughs> very short. <laughs> So, uh, Julie will not let this go. And she's like, please, 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 just one little stripper. One. And just, she keeps using this phraseology. One little stripper, please. Just one little stripper. Kirsten's like, oh my God. Okay. Fine. One. One. And, uh, and Julie goes, okay, great. But a stripper. Um, not a, not little. Yeah. She's like a stripper, not a Chippendale and not little. (laughs) (laughs) So this is my question. Uh Does this show, that Julie is a size queen. Mm-hmm. And does that imply that one Luke Van Pelt... Is that his last name? I don't remember. <laughs> is packing heat. Luke Von Luke. <laughs> I, again, do not want to consider the anatomy of a 17-year-old. <laughs> Or a freshly 18-year-old. I was going to say, they make it abundantly clear. Like, as he's entering her, she's like, Oh, you're 18-year-old of age, Penis. It feels so good. (laughs) It's so of age. So. (laughs) She's coming. She's like, You're legally allowed to consent. (laughs) I respectfully decline to answer this train of thought. All right. You know, because then additionally, I wanted to talk about Caleb's nickel, as it were. <laughs> Caleb's little Caleb? I don't know. Part of me thinks he's got that, uh, I don't know. Part of me thinks... Uh, the thing about... We haven't seen his car. I don't know. The, thi- <laughs> the thing about size queens and chaotic size queens. What is a chaotic size queen? She's just a generally chaotic Oh, okay, person. for sure, yeah, yeah. I feel like in her heart she is a chaotic bisexual, but those don't exist in 2003. Mm. So whatever. Um, they don't care to whom... And this is evidenced later when she... <laughs> When a th- different things happen. <laughs> when different things happen. When different things happen in this television <laughs> program. Um, she doesn't care from where or whom the source material is. She just wants the source material. <laughs> I'm sort of team Julie, but anyway. I am wildly team Julie. Mm-hmm. 
Anyway, anyway. The thing is, Julie is sex positive in a way that is not acknowledged as healthy by the show. Mm -hmm. Because they're incapable of doing that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that scene does its job. Yep. And you're right. Who does Kirsten go to? The person that she knows will be able to assist. Haley. Yep. Um, so now we're back at school again in the student lounge because no classes. School's out for summer. School's out forever. <laughs> um, Seth finds Summer in the student lounge and is tries to probably tries to get her jealous or activated in any aspect. Because mm-hmm. um, he tells her they're going to Vegas for a very old man's bachelor party. Did we talk about the previously on for this B-plot? If everyone remembers, Summer was like, ah, my dad doesn't like you, so that yeah. means we can't date. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So that's still this stupid thing. And Summer has no reaction at all. She kind of gives him, like, sad... It's the type of sad eyes where I recognize this look from my teenage years. This is the look where you give someone where you want them to parse what you are thinking, Mm -hmm. but you refuse to tell them what you are thinking. Mm -hmm. So instead, you just kind of look up from under your hair. (laughs) Yeah. And Seth is like, okay, does that mean we're broken up? The fuck does anything mean? And she just, like, won't talk to him. Well, yeah, uh, he says something like, you know, um, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to let your dad break us up, Mm -hmm. you know, and she, the most she can really say is like, he's my dad or something. Yeah. You know, like, that's it. That's all that she, that she gives him. Communication skills, A plus. Yeah. Everybody. But they're teens. Yeah. Didn't we expect anything else? No. not. It's a soap opera. Yeah. Okay. It's melodrama. So then Seth kind of flounces. Out of the scene. No, I guess I'm going to Vegas then, man. Yep. And Summer's like, wait. <laughs> no. <laughs> Don't go. Colin. Colin. Co- <laughs> <laughs> um, so now we're with Ryan and Teresa. Teresa is on her way to a bakery shift. She's picking up as many shifts as she possibly can. She wants to get enough money together to go live with her cousin Kim because she says she can't rely on the Cohens' generosity forever. And she's like, I don't know how I'm going to get the type of money that I need. And Ryan's like, how much do you need? And she's like, about 2000 That's a lot of money in the 2003s. Ooh, it's Evan's second Google, everybody. We're doing it. We're doing it. Uh, U.S. dollars, 2003, $2,000. That was probably the worst possible. Oh, it's still listening to me. Yeah, sorry, I'm not sure if you're talking to me. I'll disregard what you said. (laughs) Okay, what should I say? Oh, okay, 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 I got it. Exchange rate, $2,000 in 2003. According to inflation calculator, 
$2,003 is equivalent in purchasing power to about $3,305.73 today, an increase of $1,305.73 over 20 years. It's a lot of money. Gross. It's a lot of money. So Ryan immediately offers to give it to her, and she's like, no, I can't take your money. For some reason, I can't. I can't take it. No, that's not right somehow for some reason. This it's is rich. Taking rich people's money isn't right for some reason. This is purely not for narrative conflict and furthering of the plot. The reason I don't want to take your money. That's so fucking lame. But anyway. Very lame. Um, Teresa's her usual standalone self and tells Ryan that she's going to get it together by herself, and then she leaves for her job. Ryan immediately ignores this. (laughs) Just the speed with which he ignores it is (laughs) remarkable. As someone, I will have to say, I don't know if this is the Coens rubbing off on Ryan, but as someone who has never listened to, (laughs) yeah, he does this whole not listening thing like a champion. Well, Like a true Coen. It's different when it's in character for him because he feels like he has to protect all of these people in his life Mm -hmm. and he feels like that's the only option for him for his course of action he either has to go punch somebody or give them two thousand (laughs) dollars that's it yeah we will see this repeated many times. Right. Okay. Throughout. So what does he do? He gets the brain trust together, right? Yep. And he's like, "How do we the get the brain trust of the teenager who <laughs> has never worked a day in her life, <laughs> and Seth, who mm-hmm. is just..." I'm not. I don't think he was the worst in this episode, but I do think he's incredibly a useless person. By and large, I would agree. Yes, that's that's not a pejorative. That's affectionate. He does accidentally push some of the plot along uh, despite himself towards the second and third act. Yes. But not in ways that are useful. (laughs) No. Um, Seth's really good idea is to, because they're going to Vegas anyway, and it was the last time they talked about this superpower that Ryan has was in uh, the last episode with his mom. The what was it called? The casino night or something? The casino night. Yeah. yeah, he used to count cards, and so Seth's like, "Why don't you play some blackjack and you can win us some money?" That's that's my Seth voice. That's a really good voice. Here, I'll do my Ryan voice. Ryan is like, "It's been a long time <laughs> since I counted cards. It's been so long." But they realize they have no other option. Quickly, which. Again, again, again. They're living... Teresa is living with a very rich family. Why? Who is a family of do-gooders. Why wouldn't they just go to the parents and say, Look, here's the deal. You already, you already know that Teresa has been hit by guy from six feet under i have officially forgotten his name eddie Eddie. yes you got there got there good job so this is a pure contrivance for plot yep because we wouldn't have a show if they were like sure let's write a check (laughs) (laughs) right how 
Oh, God. The fact that their whole fucking plan is let's go to Vegas and earn a bunch of money is, uh-huh. like, so incredibly stupid. Um, so- and then additionally, on top of fucking this... Yeah, all they would have to do is just go to Sandy or Kirsten and mm-hmm. just say, hey, Teresa, the person to whom you have opened up your your home and life mm-hmm. out of the goodness and generosity ever of your heart. This person who is in a very perilous situation. Yeah. Uh, she needs a paltry $2,000, probably a sum that you make for like an hour of work yes. <laughs> at your high paid job. Could you cut us a check? She just won't accept it because of her pride, etc., etc. What do you want? I'm recording a podcast. No. We'll see if it shows up in the episode. What? Why? Huh? Do you need something? <laughs> Bye. <laughs> well, that's staying in. Um, <laughs> So, apparently they yelled at us through the window. Did you hear it? No. (laughs) What, do they think we were dead? I don't know. Because we didn't respond? I don't know. You people. I thought I would be loud enough. (laughs) Yeah, all they would have to do is just be like, we have two grand, she's too proud to take it. And they'd be like, yep. And then they'd be like, look, it's a check made out to you, you dumb bitch. Here's $2,000 worth of cash that has mysteriously appeared in your pregnancy text box. Congratulations. You won the sweepstakes. So this is the part where we get to a full commercial for the Hard Rock Hotel in Las Vegas, Nevada. Right. It's even in, like, slow motion. It is slow motion. It is also a commercial for the, I think, the last Beastie Boys studio album. Because <laughs> that song is used multiple times. Um, there's some horn moments in the song, so I think that's what they decide made it, decided it made it fancy. Do you remember how it goes? Boy. We're the Beastie Boys. No. We don't play with toys. No. Don't call our music noise. We're the Beastie Boys. No. (laughs) I do remember how it goes, and I'm not going to tell you. This is one of life's joys. (laughs) The Beastie Boys. (laughs) I liked the Beastie Boys. I still do. I don't care. That's cool. May, what's his name? Rest in peace. DJ Mike D or whatever his name was. I think Ad-Rock. Ad-Rock? Yep. Okay. Cancer is the villain of the show. Yes, my villain is Cancer. Yes. <laughs> um, a concierge named, her name is Amy, I guess, finds them. And they don't have, like, a sign or anything holding up to locate the Coens. She just wanders up to, to was she like, you're the most Jewish looking. Yeah! Person. Are you the Coens? <laughs> you're obviously Jews. And... <laughs> Fucking Seth steps forward and is like, I'm Mr. Cohen. Hello. (laughs) And she's like, oh, good. Yes, Yes. I can show you to the penthouse. I'm not going to lie. The commercial worked on me a little bit. Do you want to stay at the Hard Rock Hotel? Maybe a little bit. Do you want to get a penthouse that has a bowling alley There's a bowling alley in the penthouse and they made a beach in the middle of the desert. That's like an exact quote from Seth. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Seth is pro-Vegas. 
when we were in Vegas, we stayed in Caesar's Palace, which was the place that Caleb Nickel wanted to stay in. Mm-hmm. Which is, okay, I'm going to give the show this. A fun thing that we, now that we're doing all this wedding planning reminiscing, a really fun thing that happens sometimes when you're planning a wedding is people forget it's not their wedding. And that extends to things like bachelor parties, Mm -hmm. because there's a certain contingent of people who are like, this is what I would have done, and that is what you should do. So that's why they're at the Hard Rock, because... This, do- this doesn't fully extend the metaphor to this episode because Seth is years and years away from getting married. <laughs> this is just child selfishness and also kind of an idea that they all want to fuck up Caleb's day. Yes. Yes. But... Right, Caleb says things like, well, what does he say? It's like... It's no Caesars. Something like that. When they sh- when they go to the penthouse, what does he say? He says something like, "It's a glor- it's a million dollar frat house." Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> but when they're going there, um, Seth is like, "We can we can do the the we can we can do the bowling. There's a bowling in our thing." And Sandy's like, "Whose car did you put this on?" Yes. And he's like, "Caleb's, of course." And Sandy's <laughs> like, "Adam, boy." <laughs> so this is a very good bonding episode. Yep. For. Seth and Sandy. <laughs> it's great. So um, the concierge asks if they want a tour of the place after we do some establishing shots of Ryan and Seth being boys being boys and punching each other affectionately on the arm when they do bad in bowling, <laughs> etc. This this penthouse does look sort of like a nightmare, though, because there's like neon lighting everywhere. The wall treatments look hideous. I don't know. Did you like the way it looked? I'm assuming that they have updated it to 2023 standards and like, I don't know, put a plant in there or something. So it's just a, it's a, it's a, it's a bland white box like all other places are now. I mean, we'll do this off pod because a podcast is not a visual medium, but I bet they have a virtual tour of the penthouse online. They probably do. We can see what it looks like now and it will be an anthropological marvel. I wonder if they explicitly maintained the way that it looks in episode 26 of the first season of the OC because people go there wanting to... (laughs) I very (laughs) doubt that. I so much doubt that. I want it to be just like in the show. <laughs> Wait, is this Sandy 20 years later? Know. Oh my god, this is where the boys hit each other on the arms. <laughs> Whoa. This is where the prostitutes were. Oh, we glossed over the part in the conversation yes. with Marissa the IDs. and Ryan and Seth. Um, Marissa's like, how are you going to do all of these things when you cannot of the gambling? <laughs> And Seth, yep. I would love a ba- I would have loved a backstory on how Seth got the fake IDs. Right. I want it to be a crossover with the Veronica Mars <laughs> fake ID plotline. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. With the lockers and the hazing yep. and yep. the yep, the secret society or yes. whatever the fuck. Yeah, yes. Um, but we don't see how Seth gets the fake IDs, but they attempt to use them to get the tour of the casino floor, which you cannot have unless you're 21 because of the gambles. And the concierge 
is like five steps ahead of them and is like, can I see some IDs? And also it would be a true shame if you had to get escorted from the casino floor because we have had a remarkable (laughs) uptick in underage persons trying to use fake IDs on the casino floor. (laughs) And they're like, oh. I love it because the boys are reaching for their wallets while she's saying this. And then they immediately put their wallets back in their pockets. They're like, I don't think we'll be needing that tour after all. So they decide that the obvious solution to this issue is to go to a different casino. But instead of doing that, they go down to the second part of the commercial for the Hard Rock mm-hmm. Hotel in Las Vegas, the Hotel Pool. And this is when things start to get real, as the French say, <laughs> problematic. <laughs> because Seth, like, they walk down... And Seth is topless, and I think you immediately remarked upon, oh, look at his little, his little tiny chest hair. He has a tiny little soul patch. A little tiny soul of, patch on his chest. chest hair, yeah. And just... I genuinely asked if it was actually a shadow. <laughs> We're not body shaming. We love all bodies in all of their torsos. It's just adorable. It's just, you know, you can look back on this someday and say, I only had one chest hair. While I filmed this. Right. So he is um, making a big deal about how he's single now and he can look at all the ladies and the titties and there's some slow pan across the ladies with said titties, I believe. And one... (laughs) Aforementioned titties. Aforementioned titties. And out of all of the bikini-clad ladies, one lady who was... Definitely an English major at the University of Las Vegas because she's wearing glasses and carrying a book comes out of nowhere and is like, can I kiss you? And Seth's like, Bruh? and then she smorches him. Are you having a stretch? She's like, what, like, what is her excuse for kissing him? Her excuse for kissing him is you have to be a guest at the pool to... um. Use the pool. You have to be a guest at the hotel to use the pool. Yes. Okay, and we keep cutting to what she says is a security guy. Yeah. That may or may not be, according to events that unfold later. Yeah. He might have been in on the whole thing. But it does also... It's the old distract someone and obscure your face because you're kissing someone else trick. Yeah. So this could be on its face what she's trying to do. However, the viewer is meant to be suspicious. Are we meant to be suspicious? Or think, are we meant, I don't know. I think we are meant to be suspicious. Are we? I probably was not suspicious when I was 25 and watched this. We should have been suspicious the second she said, wow, you're a really good kisser. <laughs> so she kisses him the first time. You okay? <laughs> She kisses him the first time, and he's like, blah, and then his phone rings. Um, And who should it be? But it is summer. Oh, 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 oh. We, did we skip over the scene where the girls were on the couch? Haley, Summer, and, yes. So, okay, real quick, we'll go back. So there was a scene. Haley, Summer, and Marissa are watching television. They're watching reruns of Summer's favorite show. 
Uh, it's a marathon. The Heights. The Heights. Excuse me. And uh, Haley's like, this is sucks and stupid because the boys are all in fucking Las Vegas and we're watching reruns of The Heights. And Marissa's like, are you crying? And Summer's like, it's a really emotional episode. And Marissa's like, you're crying because you're a putz because your dad didn't approve of Cohen. And this is where they're like, it's sort of tradition for your parents not to approve, right? Mm -hmm. And Haley is like, obviously fucking Caleb hates Jimmy. Like, and I'm fucking him. And Marissa's like, wow, please don't talk about having sex with my dad. No, she specifically says it makes the sex better. Yeah. And Marissa's like, that's my dad. (laughs) Um... Please stop talking about that so cavalierly in front of me, his daughter. This would have been a primo place for an ew. Yes! But we did, alas. We've had very few ewes. Fews? Few- <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, Right? And Marissa is like, my mom still fucking hates Ryan. Yeah. Like, obviously, no one approves of any of the people we are sleeping with right now. So that's why. Okay, so cut back to... Seth just got smorched by this girl. Um, phone rings. It's summer. She's like, Cohen. He's like, hi. And of course, it's at this time where girl is like, oh, you have to kiss me again. Are you kissing me? This is her motorboarding chest hair, by the way. Motorboating. I don't know. I like motorboarding. <laughs> it's a way of getting. It's like it's like waterboarding, except instead you tie the person to the table and you just have to busty chick come and just rub her titties all over their face. And they're like, I'll talk, I'll talk, titties. Um, anyway, so of course, listeners, cut, you cannot see the face I am making. Cut to, it's not a happy face, everybody. No. Cut to Summer, who hears over the phone. I need to kiss you again. Smooch, 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 smooch. And she's like, what the fuck? He's kissing a girl in front of me on the fucking phone. Which is kind of a funny turn of phrase. It is. Yes. Yeah. And so she hangs up and what's her name? Stops kissing Cohen. And he's like, Summer? And he's like, well, that could not have gone any worse. And um, Jen pretends to need to leave to write a paper. That's the girl's name? Yes. She's like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Was that your girlfriend? I shouldn't even be here anyway. Oh no, I'm so sorry. I have to write a paper because I am a sexy co-ed. That goes to school. That goes to school. Now here's the thing. She could actually be going to college. Just because she is a sex worker doesn't mean that she's not going to college. But not in this show. No, no, you're right. Yes, in this show, it just means that she's probably a degenerate drug addict. Uh-huh. Yep, 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 yep. Not a lot of nuance in this show. Nuance, schmuance. It exactly. was 2003. <laughs> we were pre the recession. We were just in the era where we couldn't afford nuance. <laughs> um, she also, they, she overhears them talk about how they need to gamble to earn some money. And she's like... I know some boys in a poker game downtown, but it's real serious. Are you up for a serious game? I don't know why. 
This again makes no sense for the, for what little we know about this character. She mm-hmm. is fully aware that these fucking idiots are 17 years old, but yeah. actually they're 27. Yeah. Like, does she, does she look at Ryan's crow's feet and go, Oh, you must know how to gamble? <laughs> you have been around the block a few times, my good man. Right? Like, Later in the episode, she says that her justification is, you guys were staying in the penthouse. I thought you had money. Yeah. You know? Um, But it also... So, okay. Spoiler alert. She's a sex worker. Okay. Um, And she's been doing this so that she could be the boy's companion. Excuse you. The the, the word is skank. (laughs) Skank worker. Pick it up. Pick it up. Pick it up. Anyway. Um... So we, and we come to find out that her pimp has been, she's been on the clock essentially this whole time. So the whole time that she can be with the boys, she can be charging them against their knowledge, right? This is what I was trying to get at that I don't think that, especially when applied to his son, I don't think that Sandy would celebrate this as an aspect of Vegas, but we're just going to agree to disagree. Sure. Um, what else? What else? Oh, yeah. Poker thing downtown. And it's, oh, she says it's some guys from my classes. Oh, sorry. Really quick. I need to back up. I I didn't want my portrayal of, so as I was doing the writer's job for them and trying to say why Sandy would like the Vegas when he hates the Newport Beach. Yeah. I'm not saying he likes the fact that you'll get robbed blind. I would say that he would at least think that they're doing it a little bit more honestly because they're not trying to hide it behind fake smiles and fake friendships like Newport Beach. But what I'm trying to argue is her whole approach to the two, to the two of them is extremely fake. Well, yeah, but they're yokels. They're complete yokels. Sandy would never have fallen for this, you know? So, yes, like, it could be argued he shouldn't have brought his idiot son and his son's idiot friend (laughs) to a place where they could get yokeled, you know? His idiot adopted son? Yeah, yeah, correct, yes. His two idiot sons (laughs) to this place of snakes and vipers. Also, I have a question. This is a genuine question. It's not a snarky question. Do it. Is there a um, more updated word for pimp? I don't know. I don't like. I don't want to be kind to uh, the type of person who uh, takes a percentage of a woman's money who yeah, I mean, puts herself in bodily right? danger. Yeah. They're, I don't, they're bosses. They're exploiters. Yeah. I'm just really curious. Are you looking for like a more like PC term for him? <laughs> I genuinely, yeah, yes, right, because a sex worker is right a a, a person. That uses their body in that capacity to earn money. And they technically can't fall under the umbrella of sex worker because they are not the ones doing the sex work. Exactly. Yeah. They're a boss. We dislike them. The working class and the employing class have nothing in common. They cannot be in the IWW. No. No. No, they fucking can't. <laughs> I'm just saying. Um, I don't know. We'll look it up later. Jump into our Tumblr, everybody, and let us know if there's a new updated term for pimp. So, okay, now we're back on the casino floor. Yep. And Caleb is looking extremely out of place. He is the only person in a suit and tie. Everyone else is basically like extras from a Fast and Furious 
car race. Is this where he's on the phone? Yeah. He's like, so where are we going to do this? Yes. Yeah. He steps away and says, do you want to say it again with, with gravitas? So where are we going to do this? Very good. Um, Sandy happens to walk up amazingly. What an amazing coincidence, Evan. Yeah. yeah. Now he's in full on sleuth mode. Yes. And Sandy's like, where is the big party at? K- KK? <laughs> KK Slider? KK Slider. <laughs> What's the song you're going to play? <laughs> That's an Animal Crossing reference. We just get cooler and cooler. <laughs> for um, all the hip kids. For all the hip kids. Um, and Caleb says it's not going to be a party. It's going to be just a quiet dinner. And Sandy's like, oh, I love a quiet dinner. <laughs> Um, what happens in the quiet dinner stays in quiet dinner. Yes. Uh, Sandy asks Caleb about his plans for the restaurant with the knowledge that he accidentally got from the real realtor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Caleb's like, let's not talk about me, girl. Let's talk about you. What are you going to do with the 1.2 milli that you got from... <laughs> The splitting of the 2.5 milli that I gave you, girl. <laughs> Are you going to do some real estate? Um, Sandy is going to waste a little bit of it gambling. and then he. But he also says that Jimmy is going to make a house for him and Marissa to live in. And Caleb was like, oh. Marissa told me that she intended to live with Julie and I. And then we get some strong eyebrow action and soap opera look. This here. is a soap opera zoom. Yes. Yeah, we zoom on, we zoom on uh, Sandy's eyebrows. Uh huh. As they go, whop whop. Yep. <laughs> that is Sandy eyebrow for huh. <laughs> <laughs> so as we said earlier in this episode, the thick plotins. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. To answer my own question from earlier. The plot is now the consistency of wet concrete. Like, the plot has thickened so much over the course of this season. If the plot was a souffle, it would never rise. You have not put enough air into those eggs. If the plot was a bread, it would be the densest bread you've ever eaten. It would be a brick. Yeah, you could eat, like, part of this thing and you'd be like, that's really delicious. I don't think I can have any more. It would be like the stuff that they made in Lord of the Rings to go on long... It would be hard tack. Yeah, 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 yeah. It would be that focaccia that we made that wasn't supposed to be a focaccia. (laughs) There's... I don't want to talk about the focaccia. (laughs) Yeast is my enemy. We just didn't... I don't think we had the right temperature. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Um, Sandy is just an accidental information sponge this mm-hmm, week. He sure is. Mm-hmm. So he tracks down Jimmy hanging out by the pool and lets him know about Robert, this mysterious Robert Campbell, who is playing half a Billy for the coastline. Mm-hmm. And also the whole Marissa moving out thing. Mm-hmm. And if, is this a Jimmy soap opera look? Do we have two of them in a row? We, it's immediately in a row because <laughs> you paused it at one point. You were like, they're doing so many soap opera things here. And then we lost our minds and laughed our asses off when they did another one immediately afterwards with Jimmy. We have fun. 
<laughs> it's a good time here on Orange. You glad we watched the OC? <laughs> so you don't have to. Join us. So you do we have a good time so you don't have to? <laughs> no, we watch it. So oh, okay, 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 I got you. Yes. No, that's dangerously close to uh stealing the log line from Too Scary Didn't Watch. Oh, okay. Yes. So we won't be doing that. Nope. Too Scary Didn't Watch is a very good podcast. Shout out. Shout out to them because I am scared to watch most things except for the OC. We will continue. <laughs> so now we're uh, this is uh oh this is the soap opera look reverse soap opera look moment because it's Marissa and Teresa, Teresa. hanging yep. out and yep. we don't know what time it is but Marissa is pouring and we also don't know where they are. Where are, are they, they? I don't know where they are either. Is this the kitchen of Jimmy's? Jimmy's. Bachelor pad of sad? I'm gonna, sad bachelor pad of sad? I'm going to assume because I feel like if they were anywhere else and Marissa was getting a coffee, it would be a full-blown espresso machine. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. she's yeah. doing like a Mr. Coffee There would be situation. a Starbucks in the kitchen. Yes. Fully staffed. Yes. <laughs> um, so Marissa is pouring a cup of coffee, which is also how we know that she's cool because she takes her coffee black. Cool kids drink black coffee. Cool kids drink black coffee, and they're trying to figure out what to do for the night. And uh, Teresa's like, oh, I don't really want to go anywhere. That's okay. And Marissa's like, oh, it's fine. We'll order in. We'll order in. Um, Does she say first? No. She says first, we could order sushi. And Teresa goes, no raw fish. I can't have raw fish. And then Marissa has her coffee, which she doesn't actually drink. Mm Mm-hmm. And um, she is like, can I offer you something to drink? We've got juice. We've got water. Can we, we can have beer? And Teresa goes, oh, I can't drink. I mean, I shouldn't drink. Yeah. Marissa's basically like, what do you want to do? We could smoke some tobacco products. <laughs> and Teresa's like, the Surgeon General's warning says, I shouldn't smoke tobacco products. We should do, we could do some ayahuasca in the desert. <laughs> right? Marissa's like, we could have some raw honey. <laughs> right? And fucking Teresa's like, oh, I'm not supposed to have raw honey in my condition. <laughs> Marissa's like, oh, I don't know, we could go swimming. <laughs> I don't know, what's something else that you're not technically supposed to do? No, you can swim just fine. We could wait until your third trimester yeah. and then go on a plane. <laughs> hypothetically. <laughs> but you're not pregnant, are you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then pregnant pause. Ah. Ah. Zoom in. Oh, that's right, that's where, so she yeah. says, you're not pregnant, are you? Uh, fucking what? What's the term? I've already forgotten it. Uh, soap opera zoom. Soap opera zoom on Teresa. No, 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 no. That happens. It's an immediate. It's a soap opera zoom on Marissa. But then she's like, then they start discussing who the baby could belong to. Yeah. And that is the second zoom reverse shot zoom. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because yeah. I th- she says something like, "It's." Eric Balfour's. It might not right? even be at a... Yeah, and she says it might not even be his. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and Marissa's like, who else could it be? And they look at each other. <laughs> and yeah, then it's shot, reverse, shot, zoom, slash, zoom, slash, yeah. Yep. Because the implication is it could be Ryan. In case you didn't get it, guys. In case that wasn't obvious. Which we would forgive you for not getting because it is extremely poorly established 
in the canon of this season mm-hmm. that they had sex at any time in the past five episodes. It must have. So it was before Ryan and Marissa were back together. Unless he fucked her at the engagement party. No, it was up. <laughs> it was when he walked her back to the hotel or something like that. Probably, yeah. Her hotel room when she was staying there. Or when they were messing around in the pool house. One of those. No, I think it was it was explicitly, yeah. I think, the hotel room. Okay. Because, because if you recall, that was when Eddie was in his truck watching oh. them. Uh-huh. Remember that? Uh-huh. Yeah. Anyway. Evan, again, you do not remember calling this plot point, but I am going to give you an alternate career path if this screen printing thing doesn't work out. Yeah. And if the writer strikers ever resolved, you could be a soap opera writer. All right. Do it. I'll do it. Okay. We'll do it, America. We'll move to Los Angeles. Surely. Yeah. That will come with no ramifications. (laughs) Okay. So... The boy, this is where the boys and Jen are playing the Texas hold them, <laughs> which I assume means just caressing lovingly. <laughs> is that what holding the That's Texas? That's Texas hold me. Uh. <laughs> so we pan around. There is exactly one person of color at this table yep. who has no speaking lines as per. And there is a guy who looks a lot like Andy Samberg, and there's a guy in a trucker hat. Yep. We pay most of our attention to the guy in the trucker hat. Mm-hmm. He's apparently our antagonist for this poker game. Yes. You can tell it is a risky place to be because they are playing How High by Tricky, <laughs> which is both kind of a menacing song and a pun about gambling. Mmm. 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 Um, Jen has ditched her glasses and her hair is in, I think I called it horse mane. Yeah, it's all slicked back, but because she has super long hair, it looks awful. Yes. Yeah. And the meat and bones of this scene is that Ryan wins his first hand and... Seth is like, but we could, we could play more. We could, we could, you know, get Vespas. We could go to Europe. We could blah, blah, blah. You could do any of those things, my guy. Yeah. If you just asked your father. Right. Or mother. <laughs> right. Girl. Stupid Seth. So now we are back at Teresa. I kind of conflated the two poker scenes. Yeah. Because they're not... All that interesting. Yeah. And we have learned all the things that we need to know. The only thing we need to do establish is that trucker hat guy uh, has a friend that we also never... His trucker, hat, his trucker hat guy never talks, but he is a tough guy. Yep. And he has another tough guy friend, and that's why Ryan is very eager to get out of there. And they're making menacing eyes. Yes, because Ryan, Ryan just took all of his money. Yes. <laughs> Correct. This literal child. Yep. This is the equivalent of the fact that... That Captain Hook is an adult man, and he had his hand chopped off and fed to an alligator by a literal child. Like, how fucking aggravating would that be? You're an adult human. You are the captain of a pirate ship. You lead other men. And this flying baby has cut off your fucking dominant hand that you jack off with and has fed it to an alligator. (laughs) 
And this magical flying baby continues to taunt you for the, the rest of your fucking life. I would want to kill Peter Pan too. Anyway, that's the equivalent of this, right? Ryan is a flying baby. But not quite as intense, I don't think. You don't think? No, because this person probably makes their living off of some semblance of gambling. Sure. But again, we're there are no rich inner lives to any of these characters, especially not the bit characters. Yeah. With no lines. That's true. So, oh, the other important thing is... We learn that Ryan has won precisely six thousand mm-hmm. dollars, which will come back yep. sooner than you think. Yep. So now we're at a scene where I have officially decided that Marissa is an unreliable, trustworthy untrustworthy narrator. Go for it. Because she has poured herself coffee in the previous scene. Now she is sitting down with Teresa and presumably either drinking tea. Or dunking a tea bag into the coffee that she has already prepared. I keep saying that that would be an excellent idea. Steeping tea in coffee just makes sense if you think about it. I don't agree in any way, shape, or form. They're both caffeinated beverages. I... They're both brown. No. You could put milk in both of them. Or creamer. (laughs) You know? I think it just makes sense. I think what we should do is practice this or, or test out my theory that this would be a very popular drink by steeping one of my tea bags in your coffee tomorrow morning and see if you like it. That is a waste of my coffee and I will not stand for it. <laughs> the only way I will allow this is if we go to the intentionally shitty coffee place with a tea bag. <laughs> What's the intentionally shitty coffee place? I'm not going to name names. They might have lawyers. <laughs> I'll just say it's in walking distance of our house. Ah, yes. And I used to get it a lot yes, during yes, the yes. pandemic. Yes, 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 yes. As yes. a treat. And then yes. I was like, wait a yes. second. You're no longer a treat, bitch. And they continued to fight unionization attempts. Uh-huh. Anyway, yes. Okay, good. Excellent. Yes. So that is the only way I would tolerate that. I'll and look- that would still be a just a wasted cup of coffee. You're a coffee person or you're a tea person? What if you... Now, uh, this is a very theoretical. This is a world that we probably do not live in. <laughs> but you have turned around on many things. What would... would what would what How would you feel if you really liked it? What if you were like, oh... you'd be, A, you'd be pissed. Because you'd be like, god damn it, this is delicious. And again, this is probably not the world we live in. I fully it accept It is not that. the world we would live in because there are no circumstances under which this would happen. I already... Listener, sometimes Evan does not clean his tea mug on a timely basis. And one day, I accidentally poured my coffee into Evan's dirty ass, scaled full of tea residue teacups. Those are tannins. Those are tannins. So we have already (laughs) run this experiment because I was like, what the fuck? Why does this taste like tea? I don't like it. It's tannins, baby. You're supposed to leave some of the tannins in there. It's the tannins. Mm. I'm just going to keep saying tannins. No. Tannins. It's not going to. Would tannin be a girl's name or a boy's name or a gender neutral name? Gender neutral. Tannin? Yeah. Yeah. That's a pretty good gender neutral name, actually. Be also a good name for a dog. Oh, yeah. Like a tea tea or coffee colored dog? Teacup poodle. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I love it. Teacup poodle named tannin? Yep. Hell yeah. Okay, that's done. 
that conversation <laughs> that aside. Um, Marissa is the first person who knows about Teresa's pregnancy, which I guess as a quote 17 year old end quote, you're not necessarily going to be aware of this, but you're really not supposed to tell people that you're pregnant until at least a month in or so to make sure it's viable. Yeah. But she hasn't told her mom. She doesn't or... know that, though, also. I don't know. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. She oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what else? This is when we... No, this scene is when we learn that she doesn't know whether it's Ryan's or Eddie's. Oh, okay. Yes. Oh, so we did do a... When she... When... When... We did do a um, when when Marissa first learns that just Teresa's the fact pregnant, that she's pregnant is shot reverse shot soap opera stare. We did a soap opera zoom on Marissa. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah. But this is the shot of both of them. Is yes, that when that happens. Yeah. Okay, and she's like, "Yeah, who could it be besides Eddie?" Yeah, and then it's just look, 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 reverse. Yeah, yeah. Is this did the scene earlier? Is that where Jen was like, "You guys are in the penthouse." My my girlfriends and I always wanted to rent that out, but it was too expensive. Is that what that was? Is that where it ended? Because we get them in there at some point. I don't remember how. Yes. Okay. Yes, I think that's where she says it. Okay. Even if it doesn't, no one's gonna know. I guess. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> the point is that we hit the beats. It doesn't matter in what order. True. Right. Right. Yeah, if anyone's going to be a stickler, maybe that's why everyone stopped listening to our podcast. Because we, it's not that, in the correct order. That would imply I'm from Belgium. <laughs> that would imply that people ever started. Ooh, oh, wow. Wow. nice burn on ourselves. Good job. <laughs> um. Okay. Oh, when. Ryan has won all the money. It is also important to go back and say, Seth says, why quit while you're ahead? Which is exactly when. That's, yeah, when you're supposed to, isn't there a saying that says quit when you're ahead? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, He's so stoked about the whole thing that he invites Jen to go back to the penthouse to go bowling. And that's where she's like, my friends in that. Yeah, okay. That's where she's like, she yeah. says it's too expensive to rent the penthouse. Um, tell Seth tells her to invite all of her friends over. And this is when we get to the cocktail party. Ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is the ladies. Uh-huh. This is at the Cohen household. Julie's bachelor het party. Shay Cohen. Mm-hmm. Her hen do, as they say. Ah, nice. the British. Nice, nice, nice. Yes. Um, they're having champagne. They're sitting on the couches. And again, Kirsten seems to be okay with all of it, despite... Saying she never wants to have a party again in her house, blah, blah, blah. The, um, and Julie's like chomping at the bit to see some peen. <laughs> She's like, when are those strippers getting here? No, wait, don't tell me. I want to be excited. Or I want to be, I want to be surprised. Yep. Knock at the door. But it's Haley. And Julie's like, oh, hello, cunt. And <laughs> Haley's like, oh, hello, stripper slut. <laughs> and she's like, 
I know that you didn't invite me, but I saw a fire truck out front and I wanted to check and see if everything was okay. And Julie's eyes are like, oh, fire truck! Cue the music. Yes. I just, okay, mental asterisks. I'm gonna, I'm gonna blow my load early. No pun intended. Sandy is my hero of the episode and I need to remember there's a reason that we haven't discussed as to why. Okay. And I will talk about it at the end. Okay. Um, so the firemen, it says it's four firemen in my source material, but I feel like there's a lot more of them. There's at least four, potentially five. Yeah. Oh, there are four. And that's canonical because that's how many she says are in, are dancing in the living room oh. when she's on the phone with, with okay. Sandy. Yeah. So there's shots of the firemen going like, grind, grind, grind. And they're like lifting Julie up like uh-huh. a like a queen on a palanquin, basically. But the palanquin is just their hard cocks. Yes. And they're like putting her on the, the desk or table and she's dancing. And there's one guy in particular who looks like a swole Dane cook with very <laughs> bad hair. And what is what is his his name in the credits? Extra hot fireman. I think it's impossibly hot fireman. Yeah. <laughs> is, is his name in the credits. But no, because they give him a name when in the later scene. So somebody else was Oh, somebody else is impossibly hot, hot fireman. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, so the phone rings while all this is happening and Kirsten is looking extremely uncomfortable. Kirsten needs to... Kirsten needs to go to, everybody needs to go to therapy. She might just need to, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to tap the ethic or the, the moral of Magic Mike XXL. She might just need to go to enjoy some male strippers, to some male entertainers. Yeah. Some, 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 what do they call themselves? Male dancers? I don't remember. Um, she specifically needs, oh God, I can't remember. Matt Bomer. She needs Matt Bomer Mm -hmm. to sing. Winger yep. at her. Was yep, it yep, Winger? Yep. I don't remember. Doesn't matter. Yeah, it hardly matters. Yes. She needs some of that in her life. Yeah. She needs to let loose a little bit and enjoy the male entertainers. Male entertainers, that's what they call themselves. Yes. Because that's what they do. We've learned this from Magic Mike XXL. The, the, la- the second and last in the series of the Magic Mike franchise. I will eventually revisit the third one when I wasn't... When I'm not emotionally devastated. There is no third one. Oh. In my head canon. Yep. Anyway. Okay. The lesson that we learned from that incredible piece of cinema. Art. Of art. Thank you. Is that they're healers. Yep. Male entertainers are healers. And women's sexual needs deserve to be taken seriously. Mm-hmm. And listened to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so she picks up the phone. It's Sandy. And she's like, oh, thank God it's you. And this is one of the reasons why I love Sandy. Sandry Anthony Cohen. He's like, how many strippers? Tell them to stay off the furniture. <laughs> yeah, he's totally fine with the fact that there are four male strippers in his in his house right now. And I think it's because to 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 phrase it the way the youth three years ago would phrase it, their relationship is kind of goals. Oh, okay, I get you. Sandy's and Kirsten's. Mm-hmm. It's a level of trust that really only rivals ours. I would say so. Yeah. They had some rocky spots where, uh, what was the name of his co-worker? Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Yeah. 
the coworker where he learned about Jimmy's kissing her, like little things like that. But they've weathered all of that. Yeah. They've weathered all of it. Yeah. Yeah. They've communicated about it. Mm-hmm. He um, would not let the coworker put the moves on him. Correct. Though she tried. She tried so she hard. She tried to get a taste of those eyebrows. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, he calls mm-hmm. and he explains Caleb Nichols' whole little plot that he has figured out. Yep. He has unraveled the whole thing. So what's the whole thing? So the whole thing is Caleb Nichol, uh saw that... The boys had purchased what was going to be potentially a very high value uh, property because of its position on the coast. Yep. So what he did is he used his leverage with people he knew in authority to deny them their liquor license so that he could, quote unquote, swoop in and save the day by purchasing it for way more than it was, quote unquote, worth. This is an excellent villain arc, but again, it feels a lot like retconning because it was established when they were denied their liquor license that the person who denied it had a real legitimate reason to do so. Mm-hmm. So anyway, uh, so that he, he purchased it from them at what looked like a very high cost when in fact he would reap the rewards of multiple, multiple times... More than that when he sold it to Robert Campbell. Uh-huh. So, yeah, Sandy explains that to Kirsten. And she's like, my dad wouldn't do that. And Sandy's like, honey, there is nothing your dad wouldn't do. Yeah. For money. Yeah. And that is the God's honest truth. Yep. I really would have appreciated a uh, estrangement from the father for more than one episode <laughs> in this series. But... Every soap opera needs a hard, established villain. Yep. And I feel like a lot of these shows, you know, daddy issues are just sort of like de rigueur at this point. Uh-huh. That's just, that's fucked. That's just true to reality. Goddamn, everybody has daddy issues. We've established this in our own lives. Yep. Certainly not me. <laughs> or, or me. Or you. Neither of us went to therapy about our daddy issues. Anyway. Anyway. So what happens next? Um, the boys and the English major are heading back to the Hard Rock. Mm-hmm. And um, Jimmy flags down Ryan in the lobby while he's leaving a voicemail for Marissa because she hasn't been picking up his calls all day. Mm-hmm. Because Teresa is pregnant. Yep. And she's so been she can't yep. take calls. Yep. It's impossible. Um. Ah, uh, sorry. No worries. Jimmy asks if Marissa said anything about moving out, and Ryan is a truth teller at all times, despite his best interests sometimes. And he's like, "Oh yeah, no, Caleb was absolutely hundo p blackmailing her to move in with him and Julie," and then we get. We get the fucking zoom on Jimmy's face. Yep. (laughs) Uh, So now, Summer arrives. Yes, okay, because what was it? She was hanging out with the girls, and they were like, what do you want to do, Summer? And she's like, I want to go to Vegas 
and kick his ass. And then he says, God, Summer's going to kick my ass (laughs) immediately. So that's fun. So sure enough, she goes to fucking Las Vegas to kick his ass. She goes up to the hotel counter and she's like, the name's Cohen. C-O-H-E-N. I think that's how you spell it. Girl, what? I also love that the concierge is just like, oh, sure. This is a private guest that's staying at our at our hotel. I'll just give you his fucking information. Like, that does not happen. <laughs> but anyway. So then we jump right to Jen. Jen has two N's, by the way. Ah. Yes. So Jen <laughs> is like hanging out sexily by the window in a sexy bathrobe. And Seth comes into the scene and she drops the robe sexily. Mm-hmm. If this were not on Fox, she would absolutely be topless minimum. Yep. And she's like, you wouldn't believe what happens next. But because she, it's not, because it's, because it's, it's, it's television. Yeah. She's Is just it, wearing a bikini. Yep. It's a normal everyday bikini. Yes. It's fine. And then... She smorches him. Yep, he's getting smorched. And I think he... Oh, he tried to get out of it. Yeah. Because she was like, you won't believe what happens next. And he's like, oh, well, the thing is, I think I'm in love with my girlfriend. And yeah. she's like, shut up. Yes. And then said girlfriend storms into the scene and is like, what the fuck, you whore? <laughs> yeah, and fucking... Half of this dialogue is from this sentence is real. Yes. Yes. Uh, it's, it's like, Summer? And she's like, you fucking whore, cock-sucking bitch, fucking. And he's like, she's, oh, she's like, you prostitute. And he's like, she's not a prostitute. And she's like, well, then she's a skank. Yep. And everyone is very respectful of everyone else. <laughs> and then a bunch of other women come in. And Jen is like, these are my friends, blah, 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 and blah. And Summer's like, oh, it's like the skank brigade in here. Yep. And then two dudes show up mm-hmm. in the whole thing. And Lucas is like, I am going to need payment up front because you have been working since noon mm-hmm. today. Mm-hmm. And the boys are like, Bois. Bois. And this is where we learn that Jen is a sex worker mm-hmm. who has... um. Uh, Perhaps deceived some people who were extremely naive mm-hmm. into sex work. The which, idiot sons. The idiot sons. Um, Lucas says for the four girls until midnight plus all afternoon with Jen, they owe him $5,000. Yep. And that is roughly how much Ryan has. And In fact, it's more than they have. If you're, if we, so he didn't win six thousand. They earned a little bit less than five. No, they did, but they earned six thousand. But then that means that they don't have enough for Teresa. Well, because I remember when they were when they were counting their money in the following scene, they were like, "The money that we got from this plus that is only three thousand or whatever." And then Summer says 3500 Oh, yeah. And that's where they're $1,500 short. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Anyway. Okay. We come... I'm going to just read this source verbatim because they... I think that 
what they're getting at is the show doesn't even know how much meth. <laughs> because at one point they did say fucking $6,000. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> we come back from a commercial break and the professional women... There we go. Are still there. Between Seth's meth egg and the two grand for Teresa, they only have 3000 Except, as you'll remember, Ryan walked away from the poker table with more than 5 k from one hand, and he wasn't even all in at that time. Summer pulls 3500 3, out of her purse. 350 Yes. So now they have 6500 according to Ryan, and more than 9500 according to anyone with an understanding of how poker works. Well, 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 she only got th- she only gave five hundred dollars. Did we expect consistency, though? No, no, no. What did they anyway? Maybe they cut out a scene where they bought like three thousand dollars worth of blow and just like did a bunch of cocaine. That, we can assume that's what happened. That's we'll assume that's canon now. Yes. Okay. So they're still short some money. And then Jen comes up and is like, well, you paid for us until midnight so we could still go. That's plenty of time for us to go back to the poker game. Uh-huh. And they're like, I guess that's our only option. It sure is. Wah, wah. Um, okay. So now we're back at Julie's bachelorette party. Mm-hmm. The dancing is over. Um, Julie compliments the one with the hair. Yep. And he's like, what are you doing after? And she's like, getting married. And he's like, but your marriage... He says, not tonight. This is where I think the Julie is a size queen metaphor (laughs) that we discussed earlier really comes into play. She wants a size. She wants it now. She doesn't care if it's from her (laughs) 65-year-old... Fiance. Fiance. Yeah. She says, not tonight. And she's like... Let me get my purse. <laughs> I guess you're right. That's just logic. So she's going to go get her some. Uh-huh. Um, Kirsten is like, you're leaving? And she's like, oh, I'm just exhausted. Uh-huh. She's like fully just chugging a champagne glass <laughs> while she's walking and talking through this scene. Doing um, kegels. <laughs> but then she turns around and what ho? The stripper is talking with Haley. Mm-hmm. And Julie goes a little bit off the deep end. Yeah. Because she's like, you set this up. Swear he's a prostitute. Like, basically, doesn't she, like, lay out the whole scenario that Seth and Ryan are actually experiencing? Yeah, she alludes. She says what she now her conspiracy theory is that um, Haley tried to set up her friend to extort um, uh, uh, Julie so that she could ruin her marriage or whatever. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And that is when we get our second pool fight. Uh, What does Haley say? She's like, she essentially says something like, I knew you wouldn't sleep with what's his name. He's not rich enough. Yes. And Julie's like, what did you say? And uh, Haley says something like, there is a prostitute here, and it's you. And then um, uh, she gets slapped. Julie slaps her. It's an extremely soap opera slap. Yeah. If you're you're not familiar. (sighs) Yes. 
And then, but it's not even like, oh, she's turned, Haley turns back with just the fury of God in her eyes. And she's like, let's go, bitch. (laughs) (laughs) And they do, the bitches indeed go. And it is a full slap fight. A full girl, like. (laughs) And of course, the wide shot, I'm like, they're going in that pool. And sure enough. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's Chekhov's pool <laughs> yes and Kirsten's just like oh my god <laughs> just the look the defeated look on Kirsten's face is like uh Kristen Kirsten 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 sorry so now we cut to Sandy's moment of triumph it's wonderful it is pretty wonderful uh, establishing shot Caleb is having dinner with Robert the titular Campbell. Robert Campbell mm-hmm um, Sandy comes in and is like, oh, Caleb, KK, I'm so glad I ran into you. I was, fr- I was afraid I would miss the dinner that I was definitely invited to. <laughs> I'm, and he shakes hands with Robert Campbell and is like, I'm Sandy Cohen. Hello. And Robert Campbell, having no idea what the fuck is going on, is like, would you like to sit down with us to dinner? And Sandy's like, great. That sounds awesome. Sounds good. Unzipping his pants. <laughs> Oh, it looks like a filet mignon you got there. Uh, Caleb, how would you like one of my pubic hairs on it? <laughs> Boink! Um, this is truly actually the precursor to uh, Tom in succession eating Logan's chicken wing. Oh, yeah? Yeah. You think so? Yeah, because yeah. he takes it. He's like, oh, what you got there? A martini? And he fucking drinks it. <laughs> he takes a martini, yeah. <laughs> he's like, oh, what you got there? And he's like, eats one of his green beans. Yes. Yeah. Just very showily and like. Thank you for the chicken, Logan. <laughs> um, he gives a wonderful speech to yeah, Robert Campbell. He, he lays out essentially everything that he knows, mm-hmm. and Caleb is like, "If this isn't the time or the place for this, right. oh, Sandy, we should talk about this." And yeah, Sandy's like, "Ah, oh, no, 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 I'm just gonna tell your buddy here about all your little shenanigans." Yeah, that property, it's going to be worthless because I'm going to make sure that it's held up in civil litigation for years. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. What you've done is what he's like. You've done conspiracy to commit fraud. You've done blah, blah, blah and all this other shit. As he's like unraveling his enormous elephant trunk of a penis (laughs) and just like hovering it like the sort of Damocles above fucking Caleb Nichols filet mignon. And then he just like lets it sort of droop. Onto Caleb Nichols' lap. <laughs> well, establishing meaningful eye contact the entire, <laughs> the entire time. Yeah. What's it feel like to uh, have all of your little plans completely destroyed? Are they a KK? I still. This is this is me not knowing enough about business, but I feel like a dude who is already a billionaire would be like, and yeah, I don't give a shit. You know, <laughs> right. But whatever, all the information that Sandy has is enough to uh, chasten, that's not the word that I want, foil Caleb enough to have Jimmy storm into the scene. Um, Sandy and Caleb are very close to getting physical. Mm Mm-hmm. And Jimmy comes in and is like, you blackmailed my daughter! And just fucking punches him in the face and it's glorious. <laughs> so, what we're learning as like a the thesis of this show is Sandy is absorbing as much from Ryan 
as Ryan is absorbing from Sandy. You think so? Punch. <laughs> oh, yeah, because that's right. Caleb, uh, Caleb stands up and grabs Sandy by the arm and is like, we should talk about this privately. And Sandy's like, you want to go? Yeah. <laughs> he literal, says that. The literal only reason that he does not actually cold cock Caleb Nickel is because Jimmy beats him to it yeah. first. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's wonderful. It's so a wonderful it's a, scene. It's a delightful little family of punch. <laughs> the punch family. Punch family. I, yeah, I'm here for whenever Kirsten socks somebody in the face. <laughs> So Ryan gets uh, cleaned out by Trucker Hats. Mm-hmm. We're back to the next poker game scene. Mm-hmm. And he begs Jen for a loan. Jen's like, you just lost $5,000 to that guy in a single hand. I'm not going to fucking give you any money. Yeah. But then there's some like galaxy brained 5D chess logic that a 17 year old would absolutely possess right. about poker. Ryan's like, yeah, Trucker Hats. Uh- Pretty, pretty confident. confident right now, isn't he? Yeah. And she's like, oh, you let him win. Uh-huh. And he's like, look, you took all of our money. Now I need to have some of yours. She gives him the 250 buy-in. Mm-hmm. He tosses the cash on the table and he's like, let's go. And then there's a me- an immediate smash cut to them walking on the Vegas Strip and Ryan is wearing the trucker hat. <laughs> it's fun. It's, it's a, a wonderful, yeah. It's a nice little button. <laughs> Except fucking Seth throws the hat into a passing gondola. Yeah. When they are over a bridge. Fucking Seth. Stupid Seth. Stupid Seth. We hate Seth. We do. <laughs> okay. So Sandy is back at home now. In the next scene, and he sneaks into the bedroom, and Kirsten, they they basically just recount each other's adventures. Mm-hmm. There's a cat fight, there's a punching, there's a yada yada. He had a green bean, everything was great. <laughs> and that's when I put my cock on your dad's food. <laughs> oh, honey, not again. Not again. <laughs> <laughs> um, Ryan goes over to see Marissa, but she is super fucking pissed. Like, she, she is correctly pissed. Mm-hmm. She is correctly pissed. Right, dude, we were broke up for like a month, and you couldn't keep it in your pants. Yeah. Not even a month. We were broke up for like two weeks. Yep. And that is how we conclude this episode. She says. Because she says, guess what, bitch? Teresa's pregnant and she doesn't know whose it is. And they're just kind of staring at each other. Well, and we do a zoom in. We do a zoom in. It's a weird zoom in, though. Because we zoom in on his face. And then we like, the camera like rotates around like to look at the back of her head and then it cuts quick and it's the back of his head and it rotates around and we mm-hmm. zoom on on her face. And then the camera goes up mm-hmm. like it's like filming the wall or the building structure. It would normally be like an elevator shot. Someone or was so proud of that scene. <laughs> yeah, the camera work of this episode is very strange. It leaves a lot to be desired, but in 2003 terms, it was fucking great or whatever. And Ooh. that is the end of this, the penultimate episode of season one of The O.C. Next episode... We'll hopefully have my brother Steve on. Uh-huh. 
Well, we got to talk about the rest of this episode. Heroes, villains, etc. Your yes. hero is Sandy? Yes. Talk about why. We already know one of the reasons. One of the reasons is just his general kind of winning. But also, there's a very early exchange where they're, uh, Caleb is bitching about staying in the Hard Rock Hotel. And Seth is like, well, the Caesar's Palace doesn't have a Springsteen exhibit. <laughs> and someone talks some shit about Celine Dion. And Sandy correctly says, fuck you. Mm-hmm. Celine Dion has an amazing voice. And this is the correct opinion yep. to have yep. about Celine Dion. Yep. So. Yep. My heart will go on. My heart will. Celine Dion. And Sandy. Yes. Sandry Anthony Cohen. Yep. That is my hero. I think he's also my hero. I don't want to just piggyback on you, but he wins this whole fucking episode. Uh-huh. Like, he sticks, he does wonderful little sleuthing. He sticks it hard to Caleb Nickel. Um, he's sex positive. Uh, yeah, the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Yep, he's my guy. He's my guy. Villains. I feel really bad saying this because we established at the top of the hour that sex work is work, Mm -hmm. but it's Jen. I was actually probably going to say the same thing. Because, like, yes, I'm totally fine with someone having a sex worker for a full day, but don't fucking back end your way into it. Yeah. Go up to the person and say, hello. Yeah. I am very good at the sexing as it is my job. Would you like to hire my services for the weekend as you look like you have not been laid by your ex-girlfriend in two seconds? Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. Like, sex work is work. Like, it's valid. But she should not have really just lied to them. Yeah. Yeah. Like... I mean, whatever, you know, hopefully she got paid, whatever. This is all fake. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, again, I don't want to, like, because I don't really necessarily care about the Caleb Nickel. Like, the things he's doing are all very just, like, par for the course for a Caleb Nickel. Mm-hmm. You know? Like. Also, I don't know if this is victim blaming, but, like, I don't know. Whatever, this is a pointless podcast about a stupid <laughs> a stupid show, so it hardly say matters. Say what you want to say. Seth got himself sort of into this whole thing, you know, a little bit, you know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. He's an idiot. No, he's an idiot, but also... She had titties and she kissed him. I don't know. Sorry, keep going. No. Yeah, yeah I'm going to give that to... Excuse me, to you, because he... He strode with his little chest hair into this pool scene saying, I am mad at my now ex-girlfriend. I am going to get some in order to get over this Mm -hmm. person and was too sheltered to do his due diligence. Mm -hmm. Yep. And, And go, hang on a second. An adult woman has complimented me on my kissing. Something is wrong. <laughs> this person is trying to get my money. <laughs> At no point did he go, hmm, mm. let's think about this with my rational thought. Yeah. Yeah. No. No. Uh-uh. Girl. Nope. Yep. Sandy and his two idiot sons. Yep. In Las Vegas. But Seth isn't our villain, so that's like growth for Seth. I guess. Yeah. It's not a lot of growth, but... Could, I mean... We don't actively hate him. We're just like, <laughs> you're not very smart. He's such a schmuck. He's, yeah. Oh, I also, I like that he and Summer make up at the end. 
Because, you know, he's like, I didn't know there were prostitutes. This could have happened to anyone. And uh, she gives him some money. And then also, you know, she's like, you know, you really fucked up with my dad. And he's like, the only reason I did that is because I knew that it was really important to you. Mm -hmm. So they are fine by the end, which whatever. I mean, I've made my peace with the fact that this show wants us to want them to be together. So we will begrudgingly pretend that we want that also. Correct. While talking shit about it on a podcast. Yeah, we've been beaten into it <laughs> by this point. We're not immune, you know. Nope. So yeah, hopefully next uh, next episode we'll have a guest person on. Uh, the conceit here is we will only show Steve the last episode with literally no context whatsoever for where, who any of these characters are. Uh, and he will be our third, um, and we'll have to figure out a way to hook up three microphones. Or we could just get the other microphone back from your work, and you and I could share this one. We'll see what happens. Because this seems to have worked out okay. Well, we'll see how it sounds in the edit. Ish. It might sound shitty. You have some things that you can do. Well, we'll see what happens. We're not going to win any podcast sounding awards. <laughs> We're not going to win any awards ever. It's fine. Except the award of friendship. <laughs> <laughs> it was the marriage we made along the way. <laughs> California, Sarah? California, Evan. You just listened to Orange You Glad We Watched The O.C., the show about watching and talking about The O.C., Recorded in Guest Bedroom Studios. Hosted by Sarah and Evan. Original concept and discussion questions by Sarah. Audio recording and engineering and editing by Evan. Please give this podcast as many stars or thumbs up as the platform you're listening to it on will allow you to give us. Copyright 2023.